Menschen. Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring, fascinating women who are navigating aging with class and sass. I'm your host, Nicole Christina. So today we have a real treat, Ellen Stellian, who is a certified life coach, an author, a blogger, a speaker, and a mom to twin girls, and she's an expert in the area of finding one's purpose and reinventing oneself in middle age. Welcome, Ellen. Thank you, Nicole. I'm so happy to be here this morning. Thank you. I am I'm very excited to talk to you because uh, one of the things I find as a psychotherapist is women, you know, they start approaching a certain age and they're stumped. Mm-hmm. You know, these are women who are bright, successful, you know, they're, they're really competent in, in every other aspect. And they come in and they say, I'm lost. I don't know what to do now. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's a very common uh, theme that I hear as well. And a lot of us do get stuck in midlife. And, uh, you know, I myself, really resonate with that because that's kind of where I found myself. So if you want, I can tell you a little bit about my background and kind of how I got into really um, in-depth interviewing of women who have uh, found themselves stuck and then decided they really needed to make a change in midlife. And um, for my part, you know, after college, I, uh, I worked in business, got an MBA, found myself quite unhappy and burned out after, uh, I would say, about a decade in corporate America. And it was interesting because after I got married and gave birth to my twin daughters, I was just so grateful to have the chance to be able to stay at home with them and walk away from from my job, which I did not like. Um, And raising twin daughters was really the first time I felt a deep sense of purpose, of passion. Um, And then I also, on the side, was... Uh, published a book and was an active community volunteer. But as so happens, um, when your purpose is raising your children, your children do grow up. Mm. And when our girls were entering high school, sort of a lot of things happened at once. Um, my daughters were pushing me away, saying, "Okay, you know, don't we are not your 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 uh, your project, project. <laughs> your project anymore." Exactly. Uh, at the same time, we moved. So we moved from the suburbs of Chicago, where we'd lived for 13 years, back to the city of Chicago. So that was a lot of uh, turmoil and transition. And I was turning 50 and looking toward the empty nest. And honestly, I felt exactly what you're describing. I felt bored. I felt lost. I felt very stuck. And I struggled with that, with the unknown. And I, I went. I did a lot of self-reflection, uh, a lot of therapy a lot of reading. Um, and actually, I, I have some favorite books on midlife. And, and I, the one probably that resonated the most with me was is called Life Reimagined by Barbara Haggerty. So I highly yes. recommend that one. I talk about her in the course. Oh, and in fact, uh, one of the things that I talk about with volunteering with people when I'm 
teaching is the story where she brings her dog to the hospital to volunteer. Do you remember yes, this? Yes. And it was such a poor fit, even though she was really good at it, that the dog didn't even want to come out of the elevator yeah. after a while. Yeah. And it's very funny because I had a similar experience when my daughters were a little younger and our dog is not at all suited for this. He's very scared of everything. And we tried taking him to a nursing home and it was a bit of a disaster. So <laughs> <laughs> it did not work out either. Um, but anyway, in all this process of sort of trying to figure out what am I going to do next, I'm so stuck. I talked to a lot of women who also were struggling around this time of their lives. So it's really so common. Um, but then again, I talked to others who had successfully navigated this midlife transition and found just that they had so many years ahead of them and they had found renewed uh, meaning and purpose in their lives and were doing something they were really excited about talking about. And it was very uh, energizing for me to see, okay, so here there's a bunch of us who are kind of stuck and look at all these women who've figured it out and how can I bring the two together? And that's when I decided to launch my blog, Next Act for Women, which is where I interview women who have successfully reinvented at 40 or later. And, mm -hmm. um, and then after a year of blogging, uh, I really felt like it's great to write about this, but how can I take a more active role in helping women? And I became certified as a life coach and work now, you know, with one-on-one -on -one with clients and groups. Um, and to give a lot of re I do a lot of research on workshops and love writing workshops and giving them. Um, and uh, yeah, and I really, just have a keen um, sense of understanding and um, I think passion around helping women who feel stuck in midlife find and create a life of purpose and meaning for themselves. So it's it's a common refrain, and I'm here to tell you there's there's a hope at the <laughs> there's hope here. There's a there's there are a lot of us who've been through this and um, and who have navigated this successfully, and it's. Um, it's really a one, it can be a wonderful time of life and uh, creating a new future for yourself. That's, that's wonderful. And I was thinking as you were talking, you know, this is such important work. Mm -hmm. um, when you're, you know, it, it really is transformative when you have someone at this stage and they're just lost and they're maybe frustrated and they feel, you know, unmoored and then you help them. It's, it's, profound. I agree. It, it really is. And you're, you're really meeting people at a very difficult time in their life because, you know, when I uh, teach about, about midlife and about um, finding purpose, I, I talk about sort of the, some of the challenges and opportunities of midlife and, you know, think about sort of the perfect storm of events that happen around midlife. You've got a lot of family stressors. You're caring typically for both teenagers, if you've got kids, as well as aging parents. So you, mm -hmm. this is why they call us the sandwich generation. Um, you're looking to or experiencing the empty nest as your kids leave home. Uh, and honestly, marital strain is also very common, as mm -hmm. you know. And then there's like work and money stressors. You know, sometimes we've been in a job for a long time and we may feel bored or we may find as we get older that it just gets harder to advance in our jobs. And then there's financial money strain with, you know, worries about retirement at the same time as we're needing to help often with college tuition payments. 
and that's you know now we're and then we're talking about all of our body changes mm -hmm. our physical new new discovered physical limitations we may experience we have an increased risk of illness you know we're going through menopause there's just a lot of stuff and that's not even like to me one of the biggest things that precipitates sort of a, a, a mini crisis of midlife uh, which is different than what people think of as the midlife crisis which is truly a myth um but it's a, really a question of identity um and you know when they talk about emptiness syndrome it really has to do with a crisis of identity which is you know who am i what's next for me and we're dealing with sort of regret about things we didn't do and understand we may never get to do uh, boredom confusion fear and we wonder you know is this all there is and where do i belong now so there's a lot of uh, stress, a lot, you know, a lot that comes together in midlife that you could think, whoa, this, you know, how am I going to get through all this? This is just a lot to tackle. You know, I find too, just to add on a, another little piece of that, if you have daughters, they are fully blooming into mm -hmm. womanhood. Mm -hmm. as we are starting to droop, <laughs> you <Yes>. know, <laughs> and literally and figuratively. And I think that that causes, you know, mixed feelings. Of course you want to see your children, you know, blossom, but it's, it, it makes it, it, it's, it, it holds it in a very high relief that, wow, that's not where I am anymore. Right. There, as, as they are sort of, you know, peeking into womanhood, you, you know, you're feeling some loss with the, you know, some of your, some, the ways you feel about your body, the going through menopause. So it's, it's kind of ironic that you end up going through this at the same time. Right. And I have twin daughters, so I'm, who are 20 years old. So I'm very familiar. This definitely was the truth in my household. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, the good news is that there's, uh, you know, a lot of opportunity around midlife. So I, I also like to point that out because all is not, you know, dark. Um, yes, indeed. You know, by midlife, we have so much strength and wisdom. I mean, we are so much better equipped to deal with whatever life throws at us. Um, and, and I like to say that the real opportunity here is not simply to you know, power through midlife, just get through it, but to kind of do the work that we need to do, that's going to allow us to craft a really fulfilling second adulthood, you know, because there's really now this whole concept of this, this second adulthood. Now, once your kids leave home, you've got several decades ahead of you. You're not in old age. You're not mm -hmm. retiring. There's a, a real opportunity here for, for you to carve out the life that you want after a lot of your caregiving duties start to recede. Um, and it's a real opportunity as a, as a coach. And I'm sure as a therapist, you work on, you know, helping people sort of discard the old stories that aren't serving them anymore and let go of the old struggles that are keeping them stuck and really get clear on, on who you are and what you want moving forward. Um, so it's, it's interesting. There's really a shift in midlife, I think, from a focus on sort of external success to a focus mm -hmm. on really finding that that inner core meaning that you know new definition of who you are um in, in a real authentic way hey there more of the interview in just one moment now it's time for a quick shameless plug for my zestful aging web course and my newsletter breathe taste savor 
hop on over to NicoleChristina.com forward slash Zestful Aging to find out more. Now back to the show. I'm wondering, you know, I as I as I said earlier, I have some people who just really don't even know where to start. And this is I've been asking my guests, you know, how would you describe sort of the very first step? I'm curious, like when you are talking to people about finding their purpose, where do where do you start? Yeah, so, you know, purpose, just to give you a little background and for people who may think, think, because sometimes you say the word purpose and people think it's a very loaded word. And does it have a religious connotation? Is it, you know, what, what does it really mean? And I like to say, you know, it's really the answer to the question, why? Why am I here? Why do I matter? And we all want to matter. Um, and purpose is hugely important because it's, it's been shown to be critical to happiness. I mean, it really mm -hmm. is a way to provide direction in your life, life and help us feel like we have meaning. And the research is clear on this. I mean, people who have a stated life purpose are healthier, live longer, have much lower risk of diseases, depression. There's great research out there that shows this. So you know, and to me, that really makes sense because when you're connected to something larger than yourself, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're more hopeful, you're more positive, and you're really better able to cope with life's challenges and transitions. And so when I start working with somebody, um, I, you know, I teach that purpose is really created at the intersection of four critical elements, um, values, strengths, interests, and service. So what I help my clients do to start is get clear on who they are. Sort of mm -hmm. what values do you stand for? That really the, the compass that guides your life. And that may be very different than what you might have answered at, at age 20. So it's really important to take stock and take that time for yourself to, and I help people with some exercises, figure out sort of what, what do you stand for? What is important to you beyond anything else? Um, and secondly, then I help people own their strengths. And it's particularly interesting with women, um, how challenging that can be, honestly. We don't I spend imagine. a lot of time, you know, thinking about what, you know, what am I really good at? It's mm -hmm. just not something, we're always so other focused. Um, and it's, it's, I really help um, women be able to own them, be able to say, this is what I'm good at and I am proud of this. And it could be some natural abilities or it could be learned skills, but let's, let's put them out there and let's you know, shout them from the rooftops and let's mm -hmm. really own those strengths. And then you take a look at interests. And I, and I used to say passions, but I, you know, I feel like some, there's a lot of pressure around the word passion. They gotta find your passion. And it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a so it's, big. It's, it's, a, it's so big. And a lot of us won't have necessarily a passion that just, you know, you think of a passion as this is something I wanna do 12 hours a day. Or, mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. instead I say, What's, what are you interested in? You know, where do you enjoy putting your time and energy? What do you like doing or thinking about? Is that um, a challenge for folks who have been these sort of stellar caretakers? And you say, what are you interested in? Yes, yes, they it say, is. It don't is a know. challenge. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. But you know what? This is where, um, when you you know, you've got to ask the right questions. And even thinking about, you know, what what books do you like to read? Or when you 
what what perks your interest on the news or you know I, I, sort of really getting more aware and i i teach that awareness is really the first step in any of this and so you've just got to become more aware if you're really out of touch if you're really not able to 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 tell me what you're interested in then we need to spend some time allowing you to become aware of how your energy flows during the day. So for instance, one of the exercises I give, which I recommend to everyone, is to um, sort of track your energy. And by that I mean, what what is energizing you and what's draining you throughout the day? So let's mm -hmm. say you have lunch with a friend and you walk away just feeling down about yourself. Well, that's a draining person in your life. Let's say you watch, you know, a documentary and you're just riveted. Well, that's was energizing for you. You know, let's say you take a walk outside in nature and you just feel so peaceful and wonderful. Well, that's an energizing thing for you. So really sort of see throughout your day um, and your schedule, sort of what things you're doing, the people you're meeting, the places you're going and what is brings your energy up and what brings your energy down and what may be energy neutral, you know? Have, maybe... have you heard Martha Beck's description of this, oh, which yeah. I think is really brilliant. Um, she talks about shackles on and shackles off oh. so that what you feel is exactly what you're saying. Just put a little bit differently that you feel a sense of expansiveness. So when you're sitting with somebody who's energizing, you know, you may not feel that exactly, but you feel the shackles are off mm. and that there's a, an ease, right? Yes. And then, yes. um, and then what you were describing is, oh, you know, that's not working for me. It's a tightness. Yeah. And, and that idea that the shackles are on. So I, I think that. that's, I think that's such a beautiful way to, to talk about the energy because it's so uh, fundamental. Yes, no, and, I I agree. I love that uh, uh, that metaphor. It's really it's it really does capture it because it's it's it is that kind of heaviness of uh, of the drain or that that uh, sort of peace and and expansiveness of you know when your energy is is high. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and then, and then the the last piece of purpose, which I work um, with people on, is really to honor their call to service. Um, and it, and again, this is another one that can be loaded, but whatever you're doing, you know, thinking of it in a way that um, honors what that you are doing, some you're contributing in some way to society, is very empowering and has been shown to be to lead to a lot more satisfaction and fulfillment. So whether it's, you know, you're contributing to your family, to your community, to the country, to a cause of the world, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be huge. It's just honoring the fact that what you're doing is also helping. Um, so that's the service piece um, is just so intrinsic to what purpose is about that I always help people frame things in a way that they can see how their life matters, not just to themselves, but to so many others. And so it's really sort of clarifying those four elements that leads you to purpose. And, you know, I guess if I were going to say what's one thing you can start with, it's really just to raise your awareness um, about these dimensions, raise your awareness, think about, oh, what does this say about me? What, that I'm really enjoying this or that my energy is really low now, or just start to get in touch with um, what, you know, more in touch with what you're feeling and thinking throughout the day. 
um, as a first step toward just that that increased awareness that's going to help you understand yourself a little bit better, which is really the first step toward making a change or even just just making a movement forward out of a, a place where you're stuck. Yeah, and I I think that's that's really important. And I wonder too about suspending judgment. You know that you might be thinking you should be interested in something because you know it's good for you or you're that kind of person or want to be, but indeed you really don't like it at all. And to be able to say I you know I'm just not a camper. You no, know, I wish no. I were my friends or whatever. I am, you know, that just doesn't work for me and to be able to be okay with that. Yes. I mean, and that's, that's another way in which you're really, uh, you know, are authentic. I mean, I, I have gone through this too. We've been, you know, we like to ski once a year. I live in Chicago, but we, um, we go out West to ski. And for years and years, I just, I would make myself ski downhill and, the boots hurt. I hated all the equipment, but you know, we were on a ski vacation and I just at one point just said, you know what? I just don't even really enjoy it anymore. And so I started, um, I just said, I'm just not going to do it. And instead I, I, um, tried cross country skiing and it's <laughs> a lot more enjoyable for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that was, it, and, and it's just being able to say, it's okay. I'm not a skier. I, and you know, so just from every little thing like that, you know, being able to acknowledge who you are and what you enjoy. And, you know, in my fifties, I'm at the point where I think I have enough experience with at least some things to be able to say, you know, to let go of, of things, because I think I should be joining my family down, you know, skiing down the hill. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's there. Are, and, and we have as women, we have so many shoulds and we're so, um, you know, we're, we're, we, it's, it can be a very tough thing to let go of expectations that we feel society um, or family or others put on us. And it's a great time to, to really just be honest with yourself and with others about who you are and what, what you do and don't enjoy and, and allow yourself that, allow yourself a little bit of selfishness, you know, to be able to say, it's okay. This is who I am. I, I can put myself first because we've put everybody else first for mm -hmm. so long that just being able to say, this is my time. Um, it can be a, a bit disruptive. <laughs> so yes. people know. It can be this, it could be very, it could be disruptive to surprising, you know, the, surprising <laughs> to the family, family members who are like, well, mom's, <laughs> you know, not going to do this anymore. She's said, I'm not, you know, you got to take care of this yourself now. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time. It kind of can rock, uh, you know, some people's world and, and that's where you can get into issues too in your, in your relationships. Um, but it's can also be, it's so freeing and, uh, you know, and just, it feels really good. And freeing, you know, it's also the other side of it, I think, is if you don't do it and you pretend that it's, it's okay or that, you know, you're going to just keep going in sort of the stale old roles. It's not a neutral. It's not like nothing, mm -hmm. you know, your body will speak to you. Yeah. There will be consequences of sort of staying in that old role. 
Uh, yeah. do, you, do you see that as well? Absolutely. I mean, I think there are, yeah, I think, you know, nobody wants, I mean, we don't want to stay stuck. We don't want to, it's, it's, I mean, in some cases, actually, we do want to stay stuck because it's easier. Mm -hmm. um, it can be, it can be easier to stay with what's comfortable, what's familiar. Um, and it, it takes, it takes bravery to step out of that and to declare yourself and to try new things and to meet new people and to get out of your comfort zone. It takes courage. It takes vulnerability. And, um, and that's, that's difficult. Um, but at the same time, it's, um, to, to stay stuck just because it's more comfortable is just so, um, draining and so, um, discouraging and just can see really deadening. Be, yeah, it really is. It really is. It's just, uh, and people who've been in that stuck place for a long time, it's, it's a very painful place to be. And I just, um, so, you know, it's like, you want the, the, the pain of, of where you are and where, and knowing that this is where you're going to stay, or do you want to take a risk and, you know, yeah, you might, you might fall on your face a few times, but that's how you learn. And that's how you grow. I'm a big fan of seeing failure as, as, as learning and reframing it that way, because that's how we grow in life is by trying new things, maybe not succeeding all the time, maybe only doing it part way, but we learn something from it and we might meet new people and we might find new interests and we might find a new side of ourselves we didn't know was there. So you got to get out there and just take, and it's all about baby steps. You know, I really encourage people and, and I know a lot has been written on this uh, in various books about, you know, you don't have to do anything dramatic, just mm -hmm. taking a small step in the direction of, of change, of trying something new, of, you know, just, whether I've always worn lots of black and gray and I'm going to try right, you know, wearing a red shirt today, mm -hmm. uh, or it's just a small step out of what's the norm for you can be just, you know, just give you a little bit of courage, a little bit, uh, you know, Oh, well, nobody, you know, nothing horrible <laughs> happened and right. then I can keep going and then just try the next thing. You know, you don't have to do, have huge declaration of this is my new me and everybody either <laughs> accept it or, or, or leave me alone or, you know, it, it just is just try, try little Experimentation. things. Experimentation. Yeah. Yeah. And curiosity. Yeah. That's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I was thinking is, as you were talking about the four aspects and, and how you really help people little by little. I'm curious, just as sort of who, uh, someone who, who thinks in terms of mind-body a lot, I'm wondering, are you able to see them really change even like the way they present themselves or their, you know, sort of how they hold themselves, how as they're discovering, what do you notice about them on the outside? Well, it's interesting you say that because I, <laughs> I work with my clients mostly on the phone. So I actually don't get to see um, the, the, the transformation. Outside, but you know, I hear it in the voice. So that's mm -hmm. and, and as coaches, and as you wouldn't as you know, um, so much is um, so evident in the way people speak from the cadence to the, the volume of the voice to the sense of confidence that grows to the sense of, you know, I am worth it. I mean, there's really, 
it sounds sort of trite and uh, but it it there is a I, I hear the difference. So I hear it in the voice and of course I see it in the determination in the in the movement forward, even if it's again baby steps. Um, but I, I you definitely there is a shift. There is a shift in a woman um, who feels newly empowered. Um, it you know, and it is a journey, but but I, it's it's palpable. Do you know that Margaret Mead quote about that there's nothing more powerful than a postmenopausal woman? I do not, but I <laughs> I I would agree. Yes, yeah. yes, I would agree. We have we do have so we have so much um, yeah we have so much power, and and a lot of it is because we don't we start to be able to let go of uh, not just caring for other people, but also what other people think of us. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that that feeling of um, always having to measure up and not being worthy and not good enough and, you know, that comparison to others, you know, I don't know. I'm seeing it with with myself and with my friends and my clients. It just, you know, does it, uh, you start to be able to just own yourself and not care so much if, you know, if that, if this person doesn't appreciate me or doesn't like me, it's okay. Like, you know, to each their own and I'm not going to be best friends with everybody and I'm not going to please everybody and, you know, the, the, I, I really, the most important person in this time of my life is me. And that's a very new feeling for so many of us who mm-hmm. really have, have, like I said, put ourselves last so much of our lives. And as we see that time has become more precious, you know, we don't have the luxury of you know, saying, oh, who likes me, who doesn't, what are they right. going to think if I wear this, you know, red sweater or whatever. I mean, I, I think things just become, there's a, a radical prioritizing that happens. Yes. You know, as we I, see, yeah. you know, we see, we're starting to see, wait, there is an end to this thing. Yeah. So I better, yeah, I well, better get going. And I think that is the wake up call in midlife. I mean, especially as our parents pass away, we're the next to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, we start to see the end, you know, of the line here and time accelerates. We, we feel like, boy, I like, you know, we, we probably deal with some regrets over time wasted, whatever, you know, the the past, but we're like, we're, we got to grab the present and we got to create our own future because we, we understand there are only so many and and even though we live so much longer now on average till 80 in the US um, we want to make the most of those years we're okay this is my time and how am I going to really live my life to the fullest and how can I let go of the fears that have held me back from really expressing my authentic self and pursuing a purposeful life and really feeling like I am showing up every day as the best version of myself and, you know, just very much uh, driven by finding meaning and and satisfaction in life. I I don't know. I I find it very powerful. It it certainly is. I mean, you're, you're helping people live in a way that is so much richer and, um, powerful it's just beautiful to listen to and and your excitement about do you have any particular uh little stories you want to tell about a client who has really taken this to heart and and used your um your map 
and, and, and really sort of taken off with this? Well, it's interesting. I have, yeah, I have one um, client who just uh, really, really struggled with um, the death of her mother. Um, and that, that was kind of the last, um, I don't know, it was really, it was, you know, really, really knocked her out. And she was really grieving um, in, a, in a deep way. And and so we worked through that and it was interesting because she talked about how just how much she enjoyed um, being, even though it was such a hard time, being in the hospice environment and caring for her mother. And uh, what we uncovered through our work together is that she wanted to be able to do for others what she had seen um, those the hospice volunteers and nurses do for her mother and she interestingly enough instead of sort of shying away from the whole hospice environment became a hospice volunteer and that just really sung for her it really sort of mm. pulled at her heart that she turned something that was so devastating for her into uh, such an expression of gratitude and hopefulness in, you know, not, not running away from, from death, but actually now showing up for other people who were going through what she had gone through. And oftentimes our own struggles inform our, the, our path, right? So for her, this particular sort of struggle in midlife ended up being what she, um, wanted to do for others. Um, that struggle was, was sort of the wake up call for her to see, I think I can help others get through this and I can help, um, in a hospice environment. And so, and now she's working as a hospice volunteer and then she's finding that very, very satisfying in midlife. Mm -hmm. So sort of the, the piece about the empathy, like I really know what this is like. Yes, I really I, know I've what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, and I can, and now I know how important it is, and I want to be part of this for for other people. Yeah, That's absolutely. Yeah, no, it's yeah. A, it's really beautiful. Wow, um, this is really great stuff, and I I really appreciate you sharing it. I think a lot of our listeners are going to very much resonate. And how can people reach you if they'd like to coach with you or see more about uh, what you're writing and, and doing? Yeah, I would um, love to connect with your listeners. They can go to my blog or my website, nextactsforwomen.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook and, and Twitter and LinkedIn. But if they, uh, they can connect with me through my website and contact me that way, I would uh, love to hear from them and, uh, and look forward to it. Thank you so much, Ellen. You have, uh, there's, there, it's, uh, you know, just talking to you, you have, there's so many pieces of this. It sounds like, you know, it just feels really comprehensive as you talk about how you how you do this with people how you do this with women there's so many layers and i can imagine sort of the evolution and um what it would look like yeah uh, yeah no it and it's you know it's really a joy um to be honest with you it's a gift to me to help women 
you know, really get clear on sort of who they are, what they want and how they're going to go get it. And so, boy, I mean, it's just it is a it is such a joy for me to take people through this process and through this journey and help them face some fears in the process, which always happens too. We all have some um, blocks that we need to address and mm-hmm. uh, and come out on the other end just feeling mm-hmm. so strong and empowered and fulfilled. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's very rewarding work, I have to say, I, I will say. I, I, as a gardener, I just think of, you know, seeing the blossom open a little bit more every day. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. There is a, a definitely an opening uh, and a, a willingness and a, a joy that, uh, that slowly, that slowly gets released. And um, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it, it is a gift. That's lovely. Thank you so much for joining us oh, today. So glad to be with you, Nicole. And yes. uh, thanks for having me. Okay. And uh, I will um, put in your contact information in the notes so people can reach you. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. Please comment, rate me on iTunes, like, and share. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com and tell me what you'd like to hear more about. Want more zest? Head over to NicoleChristina.com forward slash Zestful Aging where you can find out about my online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. See you next time.